Thanks, David. Thanks for the invitation to be along, to be back with you again. Um, I suppose a little bit about um, myself. Um, I think the last time I was here was in Craig Avenue. I can't remember when I was here last, to be honest, um, how long ago it was. But um, I'm about two years, um, just over two years in, in Craig Avenue now, Craig Avenue Baptist. It's probably a similar size um, to yourselves here, small um, fellowship, um, working there. I work there part-time. Um, the other half of my time is spent with the an association. We're going around other churches and just encouraging churches in evangelism. Um, so I sort of do half and half um, with that. And then, um, as I shared last time, um, I, I do a bit of counselling as well. Um, so working with a, a suicide prevention charity in Dungannon. Um, so I, I try to do a bit of day week there when I can um, with, with them, just counselling folk there. Um, so that's a sort of very brief um, sort of summary of, of, of who I am and what, what I'm involved in. Um, this morning we're going to read um, together um, from Second Timothy, um, chapter 2. And um, the other big thing since I was here with you last is now I can't read my Bible with glasses. Um, so I, I finally gave in about two months ago to, to wearing glasses. There's one Sunday I was in church and I was reading and I actually couldn't read the Bible. I had to get Peter, my son, up to the front to say, Peter, would you read the Bible for me? Because I can't actually read what is written down here. So I'm going to have to wear my glasses um, to read. Um, still not used to wearing them, but um, pride is an awful thing, isn't it? Um, 2 Timothy um, chapter 2, and read the first seven verses there. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier in Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is a hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Let's just pray. Lord, we just pray as we've read your word, as we we look at it now, that you would help us. um, Speak to us, we pray, um, through your Holy Spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As Paul writes to Timothy here, these are basically his, his last words to Timothy. Um, he's in prison at this point, and he's about to be, be executed for his faith. And he wants to instruct Timothy to, to keep on going in his faith. And he wants to, to encourage him that, that, that actually, despite what he's going through and the struggles that he's facing, that he can keep going in the strength that God has given. Now, we don't know an awful lot about where Timothy is at this moment, but when you begin to piece together some of the things that Paul says in, in this um, letter to him, you discover that actually Timothy's struggling. There's a number of things he's struggling with, and again, we, we don't know exactly what the details of them are, but we can sort of piece together the fact is that actually, as Paul writes here, he thinks Timothy's about to give up on his service for God and his pastoral ministry. And so he encouraged him to keep on going. As he writes to Timothy here, also he urges him in, in chapter 1 and, and verse 7 not to be timid, not, not to be scared, not to be fearful. And so 
there's something, again, going on in his life. We don't know the details, but, again, the same message comes through. Timothy, keep on going. Don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on Jesus. As well as that, in chapter 1, verse 15, Paul mentions two people, and he mentions two other people actually in chapter 2 as well, that actually have, have walked away from their faith. People that they knew, people that maybe at one time served alongside them, and now that they've given up, and now that they've walked away, and you can hear almost Paul pleading with Timothy, but Timothy, not you. Please, not you. No, you've been saved by God's grace. You know Christ as Saviour. You, you, you are a child of God. You've been called to pastoral ministry. You've been called to serve. Not you. Keep on going strong in your faith. And this morning I, I simply want to, to help you to, as you, you think that through, and to, as Paul says to Timothy, he sort of emphasizes two things that initially seem opposites, that he pulls together. One is this, that, that we are strengthened by God, we're saved by grace. If you like, 100% of the work of salvation is God's work in your life. That's one side of it. But the other side of it is this as well. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, because that is the case, because 100% is God's work in your life and you're saved by his grace, because that's true, says, therefore you work really, really, really hard at keeping on going in the strength that God gives. And so we have two things here. We're, we're, we're urged to, to trust God and to, 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 to fully rely upon him. He does all the work in our lives. But as he does that, we're also told to work really, really hard. And we're going to try and bring those two things together um, this morning as we, we encourage one another to keep on going in our faith. And so the first thing I want you to, to grasp is that we need to be strengthened by God's grace. We have it in verse 1. That God the Father, he, he loves us. He saved us. He, he teaches us. I mean, Jesus, who went, died on the cross, died for our salvation. And so we're saved by his grace. And what we have here, as, as Paul writes to Timothy and says, My child, be strengthened in the grace of God that is in Christ Jesus. He, he's helping him to, to grasp the fact that, that this, this Father, God the Father, Gives him all the strength that he needs, all the energy that he needs to, to, to do the work saved by him, saved by God. It's interesting, again, back in chapter 1, when Paul says to Timothy to remember the faith is in him. He said it was first in your, your, your granny and also in your, your mum. There's no mention of dad there. I don't know what, what happened to dad. I mean, there, I mean, dad was a great birth according to... Things and, but he's not around when it comes to encouraging him in, in the word of God. And so he goes to mom and dad, but he said, but as well as that, he said, maybe dad's not around, but your, your heavenly father, I mean, he is the one that gives you the strength that you need. And there's a lot of things going on in, in Timothy's life here. There's a lot of examples he could follow here. And the big example that he has to follow and he needs to follow is, well, Paul says to him, other places to follow my example but ultimately it's, it's, it's God himself is the one who strengthens and one who gives strength and we need to, to grasp that that we're saved by the grace of God we're kept by the grace of God the reason you wake up saved tomorrow is by the grace of God through Jesus Christ through his death on the cross and his resurrection 
He strengthens. The picture that I, I want you to get in your head, that as a Christian, you cannot live one day as a Christian apart from being strengthened by God's grace. John MacArthur tells a story about some engineers who were trying to, to build a bridge across um, the New Jersey River. And they came to a point where they're driving these piles down into the, the, the bed of the river. And there was an old shipwreck there. And there's this steel ship that was stuck there in the river bed. And they, they, they couldn't get the, the piles dried through it. And no matter how they tried to, to lift it out with, with mechanisms and with, with lifting gear, that there's no way they could get the thing lifted out. One young engineer who's just qualified came up with this idea. He said, why don't we maybe get some barges and tie steel ropes to those barges and... and tie the other end of the rope onto the piece of metal or the, the old ship that's, that's sunk there and allow the tide to do the job for us. So they, they did that. They, they, they put the barges in and they basically tied the, the steel ropes um, to both ends and as they, the tide rose, it, they, when it went down again, the ropes were a bit looser so they tightened a bit more and each time they did over a period of a number of weeks with the tide rising and lowering, they were able to lift that old shipwreck, that old piece of metal, out from the bottom. What they, they couldn't do with, with man's power and man's mechanisms was able to happen through the power of nature. And again, I want you to take that round and, and actually apply it to the Christian life. You know, what you are unable to do by just simply being a better person or, or, or trying to get some new method of, of living your life actually God is able to do in your life in a moment through Jesus Christ through salvation when you put your faith and your trust in him and daily when you're saved relying upon him he's able to do that work I mean, Paul said be strengthened by the grace of God this is God's work God does that work of saving. God does that work of keeping you. Be strengthened by God. So that's, we, we always must start, start there. We can't go any further until we, we make that very clear. You understand this, that you cannot be saved unless Jesus saves you. And you, you turn and trust him for salvation. He's the only one who can do that work in your life. Be strengthened. Second thing I want you to, to look at in this passage, you realize that also I want you to hear Paul saying, also become mature. As you're strengthened by God, become mature. Now again, Paul is speaking to Timothy here, and his message to Timothy is, in verse 2, what you've heard from me, and the presence of many witnesses and trust of faithful men, and who are, will be able to teach others also. He's saying to Timothy, Timothy, you, you've been called to, to be a pastor, so you're, you're called to, to preach, and then you're called to teach others, that they may also teach as well. This idea of, of you growing to maturity, and then encouraging others to mature as well. And as a Christian, we need to hear that. We need to realize that we're called to, to be mature, to, to grow in the Word of God ourselves, to spend time in the Word of God, to, to apply it to our own hearts and our lives, and then to teach it to others. Now, I know that not everybody here is going to be called to be a pastor like Timothy was, but we're all called to share our faith. We're all called to, to pass on that message that has impacted our life. 
I mean, the Great Commission is not just for pastors, it's for each one of us to go and to share the gospel with those that we come in contact with. And actually, the best way to, to do that, and the best way to grow, is actually to what I'm calling on-the-job training. The minute you're, you're saved, you want to mature in your faith, well, start to tell somebody, be a witness, begin to share that message with those around you, tell your family, tell your friends, and they'll ask you questions back, and when you, they get asked you questions back, sometimes you'll not be able to answer those questions, because you'll think, I don't know my Bible well enough to answer those questions, so you, you'll go and you'll study your Bible, and you'll find the answers, or you maybe go and ask um, someone, uh, a, a, a Christian, uh, to teach you a little bit more from the Bible, and they will teach you and you, you'll be able to answer the questions. And as you answer those questions, not only have they learnt more, but you've learnt more as well. And this idea of teaching and growing and teaching and growing and teaching and growing. And we, we need to recognise that we're all called to teach in that way. And as you do so, the, the context of all of this, of this teaching, this, this gospel being passed on, it, it happens within community. Paul says, do it in the presence of faithful witnesses. And, and that there's a whole good reason for that. And it's this, that actually you need people around you to be accountable to. So when you begin to share something from the Bible, you need people to come alongside you and say, actually, you know what, what you've shared is, 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 is brilliant, is good, is, is biblical. Or sometimes, actually, what you said wasn't quite right. You know, you, you've shared something and actually, let me explain what, actually, what the Bible says. Because we, we all have to learn. We all have to grow. And then when we, when we share our faith with others around us who are maybe more mature than we are, or maybe been a Christian longer than we are, what happens is, as they instruct us and we, we learn from them and, and so on, we mature in our faith. As Paul is saying to Timothy here, he says, look, Timothy, share the word of God with, with people around you to hear it. So that you mature and so that they mature and they grow and then pass the day also go on to maturity as well. You know, when we're saved, we're called to grow stronger and stronger in the Lord. Of course, it's by God's strength. The first thing I said, be strengthened by God alone. He's the only one who can do it for you. And as he does it, God will continue to, to use you. Now, of course, in, in this passage here, and I'm not going to take time to do it, but simply to say this, that for, for some, you're called to, to be preachers of the word, to be pastors of the word of God. And again, I would encourage you, if God is putting that desire in your heart, and if God is calling to that, and God is speaking to you through his word, that, that you would be a preacher of the word of God, then let me tell you who, who God's looking for here. He's looking for, for men who are committed to Jesus, who are committed to the church, who love Jesus, and are faithful in attendance in the church services, showing a level of commitment that, that cannot be questioned, who love the Bible, who understand doctrine and theology, and can teach it plainly within the power of the Holy Spirit, we're looking for mature men called to be pastors. And if God is putting that, that on your life, my prayer is that God would develop that call. And again, I mean, if he is, I mean, talk to David, talk, talk, to, talk to me, talk to someone. Um, love to encourage you in that, if God is putting that calling on your life. But remember, we're all called to grow and to witness and to pass on the word of God. So this morning I want you to, to realise that you need to be strengthened. God alone can do that. You need to also be becoming mature. Teaching and growing and, and learning and growing. 
And, and, and thirdly, also, you need also to work really, really hard. I said at the very start, there's almost, those two statements almost seem like contradictions, don't they? That, that God does everything. I mean, salvation is 100% the work of God. But actually, that salvation that we have from God requires 100% of your life and your commitment back to him as well. And that's the point that Paul wants to make here as he talks to Timothy. And he encourages Timothy to, to keep on going. He gives three examples of what that looks like from society around him. He gives the example, first of all, of a soldier, verse 3 and 4. A soldier's goal is to please the commander. He's to rely on the commander fully. He doesn't decide what he does for himself, but the commander tells him what to do, and he simply obeys. A picture of, of obedience. And of course, we, we have our commander-in-chief, who is God himself. And he, he speaks to us through his word. He tells you how you live your life. He tells me how I live my life. The word of God makes it very clear what it looks like to be a Christian. And he speaks to us, and he tells us, and we are called to obey. And that obedience sometimes is hard. I mean, Paul uses the word here that suffering like a soldier. It's not easy. You come under attack of Satan and temptation, come under attack from the world around us with, with, with the um, different aspects of the world. And so it's hard. But nonetheless, we are called in the little things in life and in the big things to obey. But I, can I say to you that actually the, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to obey in the little things in life. Obedience, like a soldier. We've got to work hard at that. Obedience. Also an athlete, second example that Paul gives, verse 5, who, who runs by the rules. Let me tell you what the rules were for an athlete back in Paul's day. Rule number one was this, you had to be born Greek. Number two, you had to train for, for ten months. Rule number three, you had to compete in your lane and you had to run to the finish line. Anybody who, who did those three things, born Greek, ten months training and c- continue running, to the finish line, anyone who did that basically won the prize. And as a believer, we, we are called to be like a similar set of, of statements, you know, to be a, a child of God, to actually to start the, the race as a Christian that will end up one day in eternity in heaven with God means that well, we need to be born again of the Spirit of God. We need to trust Jesus Christ to save you. We need to Turn to him and ask for forgiveness of our sins, repenting and asking him to cleanse us. And he, he will when we ask. We'll be born again. We need also to keep on training, if you like, to, to allow to be taught, as we said last time, to go on to maturity. We need to, we need to be doing that and then we need to keep on going, keep on serving. I mean, Paul later on is able to say that I, I have run well. I have fought the fight. I have kept going to the end. I have kept enduring. We need to keep doing that. My brother Keith, when we were at school, we used to run middle distance. Um, we used to love, I still love running, and so does he. And, but at school, we were, 1,500 metres was, sorry, 800 metres, 1,500 metres middle distance we, we used to run. Something up to 3,000 as well, depending. If we, did, if we felt like the energy for that one. Um, but I remember one race at school, 1,500 metres. Um, Keith set off really fast. He, I was behind him. And we ran about two laps around the track, and he was in the lead, and he came to one bend, and he ran straight on, didn't go around the bend, ran straight on, and sat down the edge of the track. I remember afterwards saying to him, says, what happened to you? 
Why, why didn't he keep on going? His answer was, I got tired. So I thought, what's the point? So I sat down and had a rest. But he lost the race. He didn't finish the race. Now, let me take you back a year, two years ago actually it was. I, I went down to Keith, um, help Keith run, run a race. I was basically looking after him for it. Um, it was a, a 24-hour run. Um, they actually they do organise these things, so you see how far you can run in 24 hours. Um, he ran, so over a period of 24 hours, 103 miles in 24 hours. I was there to feed him and look after him, make sure he, he had enough food on board, um, which is quite a job in itself, um, all night and, and all day. Um, but, I mean, over 100 miles. I mean, it's, it's madness, really. But he kept on going. And, and how do you keep going? Well, you, you need food, you need fuel, you need, you need endurance. You need to just keep on putting one foot in front of the other foot, in front of the other foot. And sometimes the Christian life can feel that way. I mean, actually, you know what? I just like to just lay down the edge of the track and just say, you know what? It's hard. And it is. But with the strength of God, and as, as he enables us to, to keep on enduring, we can live a life that honours him. We can live a, as a mature Christian. We can serve him throughout our life. The third example here is of a farmer. A hard-working farmer, verse 6. Completely dependent on, on God. I mean, let me tell you, I, mean, I used to farm um, many years ago um, before I went into the ministry. Um, um, at the Bible college, I, I was a farmer. Um, my dad was a farmer. My granddad was a farmer. My great-granddad was a farmer. My great-great-granddad was a farmer. Whole, whole history, history of farming background behind me. Um, let me tell you something about farming. Is If there's a field of, of barley to be sown, you don't lie in bed and say to God, God, you, you know that there's a John Deere tractor in the big shed and all, all, the, all the barley's there and... You know, um, you know, the plough's there as well. God, you know, I know that you alone can bring growth. Um, therefore, you know, sort out for me. You don't do that. But, but the thing is, the only thing, thing you know as well is that as a farmer, you know, that actually you can plough, you, you can sow, you can do all the, the work that needs to be done. You can have the, everything sown out perfectly in a beautiful, you know, flat field. And actually, unless God sends rain and the sun in the, sh- the sky that hits the ground and germinates the seed actually nothing's going to happen so you're completely reliant upon God but because you're completely reliant upon God because you know he will send rain because he will send sun because there will be germination because he will do that because that will happen what you do is you get out and you work really really hard you get up early in the morning you spend all day you know getting everything prepared for, for sowing and then you sow and you do all you, you can do and you lift every stone you can and you, you fertilise and you go back and you put um, you kill the weeds as you go through the whole process. It is hard work. But you know that only God can do the, bring the, the growth. And that's where, we, again, we find ourselves as a Christian. God alone can bring salvation. God alone can bring growth. Be strengthened in God, says Paul. Become mature. How? By working really hard. At relying upon God. By working really hard at knowing that, that he is the one who, who brings the growth. And what that means for us very practically is this. 
that we put ourselves in the right environment, in the right place, where we're taught, where we grow, that we, we challenge the sin in our life and the problems in our life, and we get the, the right help and our support for, for some of the issues and problems that we have in our life, and we, we work really hard at that. Under God, remember, he alone can do the work of salvation and the work of growth in our life. And as we do that, God is faithful to hold us and to keep us. Let me put it as, this way here. What we need to do sometimes is actually simply this. Compare, compare ourselves to that farmer. Get out of our bed. Deal with the weeds of sin in our life. Because we have a gracious God who forgives and who strengthens. And if, if you're struggling with, with sin, if you're struggling with, with anything, and let's be honest, all of us struggle with, with some area of, of sin and temptation in our life. None of us are perfect. You know, be disciplined. Fight it like a soldier. Discipline like an athlete. Work hard as a farmer. Why can you do that? Because you are a child of God. Because you're saved by his grace. Because he will do his work in you. I mean, to do anything else would be like a, an alcoholic sitting in the pub thinking to himself, here, I, 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 I can't give up drink. Well, he, needs to, he needs to get up and get out of that environment. He needs to get help, support in around him. And when he does, you know, there, there can be change. And what we're talking about here, of course, is even more incredible, even more amazing. We're talking about you know, a, a life transformed by God's grace, maturing in Jesus Christ, growing in our knowledge of him and our fellowship with him. And as we do, our lives change. As Paul finishes this little section here, verse 7, he says, Think over what I say, God will give you understanding. And what, what I think was simply that, that Paul means by that is this, you know, for each one of us here today, practically what that means for you is this, you know, as, as we've looked at what it means to be strengthened in God's grace, to become mature and to, to work hard, there'll be things that God will be saying to you through his Holy Spirit, putting things in your point, finger points in your life and saying, look, what about this? What about this? What about this part of your life? You know, think over it. God will give you understanding. God will challenge you. And if God is challenged about something this morning, some area of your life, in regard to, to salvation, in regard to maturity, can you come and speak to someone? Have a conversation. Don't just ignore it. Mm. And with God's grace and the help of God's mm. people, you will know his strengthening in your life and his maturing of your life. Let's pray together. Mm. Lord, we just thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the salvation that we have in him. And Lord, we just pray that Lord, you would take your word and you would just apply it to each of our lives and our hearts. Apply it to my life as I've spoken. And apply it to the life of each one here. Continue to do that work in us. We thank you that you're able. You're powerful. As we, we have that, that conviction, Lord, show us what it means for us practically to, to, to work hard at that growth in our life in your strength, with all of your energy that you powerfully place in us. We pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen.